RJ Bell, special early part one edition, Christmas Weeks, Dream Preview. I'm RJ Bell, Steve Fezzik in studio. Now, what are we doing today? We are going to do part one, which is the weekend recap. It's Tuesday, 5 o'clock Pacific, pregame.com offices. And then tomorrow, normal pod that we do the preview Maddie Holt should be joining. It is Christmas week, but that's on schedule. Why are we doing this? Well, it'd be easier to split it up, but we weren't fully ready for this weekend. Now, considering how my picks went, we might as well just flip coins and be better. But that's the thing you got to be careful of. When you have your bad weeks, you got to be process-oriented. And again, it's been a bad month. It's probably been, It's certainly been the worst month in three years. And you know what? There's always going to be a worst. All right, Fez, here's what we're doing differently. We're going to go down your power rankings in order of their current order. And you're going to tell me what adjustment you made for each of the teams. And we're going to pair them with their opponent. So who's number one in your ranking? Kansas City. Adjustment. No adjustment for Kansas City. And I got to be honest here, RJ. This is the sixth straight game Kansas City has not covered. And I've been carrying Kansas City plus eight, eight points better than an average team. And in a lot of their games. So carrying is in, they've had six straight games that they haven't exceeded expectations. Now we're playing around with the words a little bit because there was such a range of betting numbers in the Saints game. Two and a half was out there a good bit. Even three and a half and above was out there early. If you look, we've debated it. We think, and here's what we do when there's, when you could make the case, and, and, and my goal is simple, and I've never heard actually this goal before, so I like that it's different because it makes so much sense. I want to grade a game at the number that a majority of people played it at. Think about saying otherwise. Oh, look, at, and, and it, the example of this that's the most extreme is when, and I remember there was a uh, Patriots game about three years ago the line, I think it might have been that Arizona game when Brady was out. But the line was like seven and a half, seven and a half, seven and a half. And then, like literally for 10 minutes before the game, it hit seven. And all the old school Stardust close people, which used to be the way people graded the lines, it said the line was seven. And it's like 98% of the people betted at seven and a half. How is it representative of the results of the betters other than the majority of the betters bet at this certain number. I think it's a debate on the two and a half or the three on the Saints game. I think the tiebreaker should be you want a result that is less biasing for those that went the other way. Uh, Meaning if it's not going to be representative, it should only be not representative by a little bit. And since some people would have won with Kansas City, and some people would have lost with Kansas City, and a lot of people would have pushed, it feels like the push is the lower-risk decision in that case. So I'm going to grade it. Pre-game is going to grade it as a three. Then let's agree to the following. In any given game, you could make the case that a score is deceiving, that that last score shouldn't really count too much. I find that to be scary because we all, as humans, we all got biases. We all want our narrative to be correct. There's all these different, I mean, you read this, if you read any books on these things, our decision-making is flawed. 
mostly because of buys. If you look at the best investors, they try to get, and it's the buys we don't even know we have. That's the worst buys. And I think that anyone that's making decisions without objective criteria are susceptible to that. And if you say, I'm not that way, I don't have that bias. Well, it's like someone saying, I don't snore. You don't know if you snore because you're asleep. Uh-huh. I would just pause. Like, like, you just let that one sit there. That's a good one, Steve. You don't know about your bias. I don't know about mine. Mm. So we try, I try to be objective, imperfectly, but I try. But how can it be that there's six straight games that a team doesn't exceed expectations that they don't get one downgrade? How? I'm probably biased in terms of the eye test that whenever I watch Kansas City, they just look like a dominant team, and you're right. So when are they going to dominate? They haven't the last month and a half. When, yeah. Has any team lost? Is there any other team that hasn't covered in six games? Not that I know of. So they're the worst team. Like, if you could have bet any team you wanted in the NFL, the last team you'd want to bet in the last six games is Kansas City. Yes. But you haven't downgraded them. Yes. They're just as good as before this run. Yes. And you had them not all-time high, but you are the one that said, oh, I've never seen this before. The first-place team and the second-place team, Baltimore – Oh, they're so far ahead. It's giving me the it's giving me the vapors. I did. And somehow six straight times they don't cover, and you say, no, no change. Like imagine that week one, no change. Week two, no change. Like your hair is getting longer, it's going white, then it's jet black, dark, and it's still no change. It, it has been remarkably consistent in terms of I started KC plus eight and a half points better than average. Well, it's team. not remarkable when you are the one making the decisions yeah. and you don't let any facts get in the way of your opinion. But you know what? You're actually with most fans, or, or I'm sorry, most sharps. The public analytics guys I respect, professionals I know, they really think this is a Kansas City versus the field type bet. I tell you this, this is what I said on Straight Out of Vegas. From week nine to present, the only team that hasn't covered a game is the Kansas City Chiefs. McKenzie's 49ers, one and five. Eagles, one, four and one. Vikings two and five, Steelers two and five, Chiefs oh five and one. No downgrade. All right, you're gonna stick there. I'm gonna stick there. Well, yeah, it's your numbers. <laughs> Just point at it. My, it's, it's the numbers. All right, what'd you do with the Saints? I lowered the Saints by oh, of course by one point, by, which is about as big as you do, right? Yes. So they, they couldn't have done worse in that push. Well, it was all about the fact that Drew Brees had a bad game. He had a well, yeah. I mean, when Mahomes has a bad game, it doesn't count. Well, though. was he was he rusty? I mean, he certainly was very off in the first quarter. Well, let me ask you a question: mm-hmm. How was his QBR? You worship at the altar QBR, right? Yes. How was his QBR entering the game? Uh, he was third in the league. Okay. And he had one bad game. Yes. So, yeah, you've got to drastically downgrade. Well, things it's his first game back after exactly. the rib injury. So, so that now I've got to like, wait it So more. do you think – well, no, I think it's the opposite. Mm. I think what you do is you say, huh, 
did he fundamentally change as a quarterback? It's not like he's back from a knee injury that, that maybe he's never going to be the same. I don't think I've ever heard of someone retiring because of a rib injury. Have you? No. This is something that he might have came back prematurely. Remember, when he hurt his hand, it was supposed to be whatever, like seven to eight weeks, if I remember. Five games. And the funny thing was the game Breeze came back on was the game before bye last year. So if Breeze would have just let that sixth start from Bridgewater happen, he would have had two more weeks without having to play. He said, I'm starting. After Bridge went 5-0. and oh. Exactly. Bridge. So if, if you look, Breeze has a tendency to want to – he doesn't want – and Brady's like this. He doesn't want a backup that you – know, he doesn't want to be uh, Wally Pip. Right? <laughs> so to me, it makes sense that Breeze came back early. He's a gutsy player. He's a tough mofo. He played like crap. But we've got, what, 9, 10 games or whatever the count is, him being the third best quarterback by your beloved QBR. Last year and the year before, he's him and Mahomes are the only guys in the top 10 both years of QBR, and he was in the top three, and so was Mahomes. All right? And he's three here. He has one bad game, and you think, you know what's warranted? A drastic reaction. Whereas I would say, huh, he's either just gotten bad or lingering injury issues. I'm going to caveat this and say, just like another, I'm going to downgrade, the, not the Saints, I'm going to downgrade the injury column by a point until he proves to me that he's not injured. Now that I accept. That, that's probably better said, yes. Yeah, and I think this whole, I think what you need to do like to tomorrow is you need to abstract out and have a second column. It's simple. Your current column is the intrinsic power of this team, all things equal. And the other column is what are the current circumstances that have caused me to think that they should, there should be an offset? Yes, and remember, the and, Saints and have just to-, to be clear, there's a third column, which is, Specific game consider. I'm not talking about matchups. Like when the Steelers play the Browns, the handicap will be the Browns don't play the Steelers well. Steelers defense tends to do well. That's the handicap. That has nothing to do with how good the Browns are, right? So how good the Browns are, or in this case, the Saints, should be the intrinsic value plus offsets due to current circumstances. And that's any injury. Now the challenge is what happens if with the Cowboys. Are you going to be offsetting Dak the whole season? No, I think when something becomes the permanent thing, you re- do a reset. That there's actually an adjust. That 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 the, the the Dak downgrade, let's say six points or whatever. That's in. I think it was three for you initially because your love of Andy Dalton. But now I think Dak's worth what six. Initially, I had it four. Uh, I yeah. don't. You know, you had it three initially. I remember that. It's clear as a bell. But but anyway. In fact, I'd bet you huge money on that, that your initial uh, assessment of Dak's value on air when he was hurt this season was not four points or more. Would you bet? I'd bet it was four. Hundred dollars. Uh, uh, for a hundred, it's not going to be worth going back in the face. So you don't want to bet more. No. All right. But let's say that we now, I'm thinking you think it'd be more now, right? Yes. Let's call it six. So at some point, it would make sense for the minus six in the circumstances column to then go to the intrinsic column, minus six, and then zero out, assuming there's no other circumstance, 
And then the third column is week-to-week matchup or situational spots. Like, I think the 49ers are in a bad spot this week. That isn't in their power rating. That's in the these. This I, is the current context. Yes, yeah, so the Saints have to play Friday, and I knew that, so I was like, "All right, I'm." I'm, I'm but thinking. do you see when you melt all yes. this together, it, it, it becomes almost meaningless? Yes. Because now you're saying, "Well, I downgraded because of Breeze. I downgraded because of the matchup next week." You know. So let's stay like, even if it takes you a minute to think it through, why don't we do this during this pod? Why don't we off? So right now, what is your downgrade because of? uncertainty let's assume breeze is going to continue playing what is your downgrade because of uncertainty between breeze when healthy and now it was a point so that's what it would be a point yes all right so offset a point is there any other offsets that are circumstance now it, now the the game being friday is a um uh matchup consideration yes. and we'll, we'll, maybe we'll come up with better words so other than breeze's health is there any other circumstances with new orleans other, well, Michael Thomas is out, but that's already in what my number was. But you got to pull. I want to pull out everything. Let's assume once again. Have you ever heard the word? Pl- I know you know about being platonic, but are you familiar with the concept of the platonic ideal? Look that up, Mackenzie. Platonic ideal. It's going to be a variation of this. Is if you could imagine it. This is the perfect scenario. Like the platonic ideal of a day is a walk on the beach and. Johnny's playing football and he's lifting weight. Whatever that is in your head, let's think of the Saints. If everything's going right for the Saints, Drew Brees is healthy and blah, blah, blah. Michael Thomas is healthy and blah, blah, blah. How good are the Saints? Six points better than the average team. How much adjustment do you make because of Brees' uncertainty is one point? Yes. How much because of Michael Thomas? One point. So is your current number minus four for the Saints? Yes, four. All right. So you have a minus two in the circumstances offset. And do you want to make any weekly, uh, in, uh, let's call it handicapping adjustments for the matchup? Probably want to take another half off because Bree's coming back quick, to, arguably but too remember, soon. But remember, both teams have to come back quick, right? So is there, does this hurt the Saints any more than it? Than... I think it hurts Bree's more because he's the guy coming back from the injury. All right, so even on top of the one... Um, point adjustment, you're going to make another adjustment because it's two less days. Yes. And how much is that adjustment? I think a half a point. All right. Let's do that for every team now. So Kansas City, is there any – is this just how – they're just eight and there's no adjust, – or is there – they'd be even higher if there was some adjustment. Is there an injury offset? No. Okay. All right. Let's continue. Who's number two on your list? Green Bay. And I made no adjustment to the Green Bay-Carolina game. Green Bay won by eight. They were laying nine. Green Bay opened was up. Was there a late score, though? That there was, Green Bay was up 21-3. to three. Yeah. If you look at the stats. So I'm confused. It seems like Green Bay doesn't get this same special treatment. Like, but they could have won by that much. It just seems like it's just, I want to hear the rationale. Well, this, if you look at the pure stats, you would say, wait a minute, Carolina shouldn't have lost by as many as eight. But I think, hey, a lot of that was garbage time in the second half when Green Bay was coasting. So I didn't think an adjustment was necessary. So you like teams that coast. I mean, you have a natural bias to them. Maybe because, so. Because Maybe think so. about that. Maybe it's about your life, the way you coast. 
You're thinking, hey, I'm a red light performer, though you're the opposite of that. But when the light comes on, I am ready to go. When the, when the Kansas City Chiefs needed it, they're there. And the other time, that's for the average people. That's for the hoi polloi. I think there's something Maybe that, there's something to that. Do we have platonic ideal defined? Yes, it's the uh, abstraction of the true nature or essence of things. For yes. instance, something, a tree, the platonic ideal can be a tree, even though if you knocked it over with your car, it wouldn't look like a tree, but you'd have the ideal of what, in your mind, the concept is. Exactly. Forget about Breeze's health. Forget about Michael Thomas. Forget about, oh, look, the 49ers are, might be, an, I think, an offset because they don't have home and, you know, a home field right now. Yeah, but that's not about how good the 49ers are. It's about their circumstances. Yes. All right? Circumstances, general, general circumstances, and then weekly circumstances. I, I think matchup circumstances might be the way to think about it. Okay. But can, Green Bay, is there any offset for Green Bay? No. Okay. That's their true number. And that number is? Five. So the Saints are better than Green Bay if Breeze is healthy and Michael Thomas is playing. Yes. Same as Green Bay without Michael Thomas. Yes. That seems almost high. I think you might be a little low on Green Bay. And on a neutral field, Green Bay is plus three against Kansas City. That's right. And if Kansas City went into Lambeau, they'd be laying two. Maybe a little less because Lambeau gets more home field. But yeah. one and a half. Yes. Boy, I'd like to have Green Bay. Really? Fuck, yes. All right. So, Carolina. No adjustment to Carolina. Kept them the same. Next team. Buffalo. Dis- give, me, give me their rating, please. Buffalo. Oh, I'm sorry, their ranking. Third team. You, you ever see Case of Case? Yes. Do that. Buffalo. But opposite order. Buffalo. <laughs> Third team, five points better than average. Okay. Now, you love Denver. Who did you love Denver? My goodness. So I upgraded Buffalo one point. Obviously, they played a great game, but I downgraded Denver two because clearly the secondary issues were real. And well, how couldn't they be real? Oh, my God. 500 yards. I mean, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying before yeah. the game, like no one was playing that had any experience. How, what is more real than that? Yes. It was the platonic ideal of cluster injuries. It was. But somehow you had a best bet on the Bills. That was a blunder of epic proportion. Because you thought they'd be Logie. Logie? Logie. Tired. Oh, yes. They would be tired. It trumps it all, the tiredness. They they were not sucking oxygen on the sideline. They were not tired. (laughs) And you brought up the good point about the Bills are the rare animal where they're they're not used to being here before. So they're really enjoying this. They're soaking it all up that this is an epic year for them, so there's no coast in Buffalo. It's, a com- it's like a, the cotillion for a young 15-year-old that maybe had a mustache before she went in and the dermatologist took care of it. She has to come back in March, but she's fine till then. You following? Not at all. <laughs> all right, so in the Denver downgrade, let's split it up again, is what are the general circumstances it sounds like that the injury situation for Denver D-backs is one. How much is that? So one point for performance, and I docked him an additional point for not valuing the uh, injuries enough last week. So you're saying you're reevaluating the injuries? Yes. Okay. And is there any other offsets for Denver? No. Continue? 
All right, number four, Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Five points better than an average team. I, I, you know, I had a bad week last week. I got to tell you, think? on sides, oh, my goodness. You think? So I, I, I think on the super contest, I mean, just send me the bill because. No, I, no, no, no. I, I haven't been good uh, at it. But, uh, but, but, again, it feels like here's what I don't. And I think this is good advice. If you don't have a feel for a team, just stay away from them. You don't. You're not. The bookie gives us a lot of advantages. I mean, part of our hate of the bookie is hate of ourselves. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. Because they enable our worst instincts. They, it's like the guy that, it's like hating the hot dog cart guy if you're fat. It's not your, his fault that the hot dogs taste good with the relish and such. I like the chili dogs myself with the full sugar Mountain Dew. Little plastic cup, mm. that store-bought ice. You know what I'm saying? I do. <laughs> Steve with a human reaction. <laughs> Have you ever had a hot dog from a hot dog cart? Yeah, I do all, all the time at the South Point. They got the dollar twenty-five dog. <laughs> and if I put it, crowd on it, half it, of it, RJ. Is that weird or what? Is that because you don't want? Is, now, do you spread it on the whole thing? No. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because I could see you not trusting the dum-dum, because that's how you think, like dishing out the crowd. So you figure, I'll just tell that person half, and then I'll spread it out. But if I tell them half as much on the whole thing, I don't trust that they do it. I would have bet a lot of money that was your approach. How? Explain this to me. I can never decide whether to go with the crowd or not. It's <laughs> such it's such a close call. I'm like, ah, get it on half the dog. But then that is fascinating. How this is one of the great metaphysical questions. How different is it to eat? Let's say you have 50 units of crowd, 100's normal. If you eat half a dog with 50 units of crowd on it, that is like eating half a hot dog with sauerkraut. And then you eat the other hot dog half with none. A hundred for half plus zero for half equals 50. But it's different if you took that 50 and spread it out because every bite would have crowd. I don't know why, but that's kind of blowing my mind. Mackenzie, have you ever thought of it in that paradigm? No, it's like he wants two different hot dogs with two different flavors. Maybe Usually you want one. Yeah, maybe it's like his schizophrenia coming out. Do, are you <laughs> the same person eating each side of the hot dog? I'm, I'm the same person, but curiously, there are some days I'm like, that was a good call putting the crowd on. And there are other days I'm like, ah, you know what? I shouldn't have gone for the crowd. You're like, ah, fake fezzing. Oh, and then it's like, oh, I go wait. back and forth. So I'm like, you know what? This way I can only be 50% wrong. And you can never be 100% right, no? So is this why some people accuse you of double-siding things? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so in a way, you're double-siding your hard dog. I am. Because you can never be wrong. Yep. But you can never be right. It's true. But you're okay with that. Well, I could just eat half of it, but then I don't know. But you wouldn't know to throw away the other half. Yeah. You could just, that personality could owe it. You owe me. Well, I always, I always <laughs> like bite left out. pocket, right pocket. I always bite out of the crowd side first. Now that you know, see that is illogical. Mm. Because once you got crowd taste in your mouth, you have it. You should probably eat the non-crowd side first. Think about that. Let me think about that. It'd be like if you want half lemonade and half water. Yeah, you're, you're right. Maybe I'll change. Clip that up. <laughs>
That's as good as it's getting. <laughs> Got it. Uh, continue. All right. So I upgraded Baltimore a point. They didn't punt. They kicked Jacksonville's ass. I lowered Jacksonville by a point. I think that all, that's pretty much what most people would do based upon the results. Now the one Who cares most people lose. Yeah, right. Now the one thing that there is a special circumstance and I haven't addressed it yet. The Jets lose. So Jacksonville controls their destiny to tank for This for, is not about an intrinsic value of the team. Hmm. It's actually not about the general circumstances. It's about game specific stuff. Okay. So let's leave it at that. We'll leave that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Let's look back and review your adjustments on the Ravens since that Steelers game. Okay, so I had the Ravens as low as two and a half. When was when was that? That was three games ago. Okay. And then and then they after the Dallas victory, I raised them to three. So I raised them half a point. Then after the Cleveland victory, I raised them a point to four. A point? Yes. They literally were a play away from losing. All right, go ahead. And then I raised them a point for the Jacksonville victory. Okay. Where would you put Dallas's D, Jacksonville's D, and the Browns' D? Dallas, bottom quartile. Yeah, so Football Outsiders has what? 23. 23 or 24? 24. 24, 24. yeah. Okay, continue. Jacksonville, 31. 31. Cleveland, 26. Uh-huh. So all in the bottom quartile. Yes. But somehow they deserve... How many? Two and a half points of adjustment? Or how much? Well, yes. How much? Two and a half. That's freaking insane. Well, I was. For what? Because I was concerned that I'd lowered Baltimore too much with all their COVID issues during the middle of the year and the distractions. But what did that. they do to show you you didn't do? First of all, you did it initially. What made you concerned about it other than the results? And I'm saying the results are not indicative of freaking anything. The, the, when, what has the Ravens done on offense that makes anyone think they're any good on offense relative to last year, relative to anything like the fourth-best team in football? And how good's their D lately? I mean, their D's been... Mackenzie, let's, let's, let's look at the last three games because, you know, without Lamar, except that most teams are going to be bad with a backup quarterback. Let's look at expected points added, offense, defense... Last three games, so it's going to be week uh, four, uh, 13, 14, 15. I'm going to make the case that, the, well, you know, expected points added doesn't account for strength of schedule. You know what we should do? Let's look at the football outsiders' grades the last three weeks, offense, defense. Mackenzie. All right, so on offense, the Ravens are having 25% last three games. That's really good. Would be third in the league over the course of the season. All right, so – Slow down. 25% doesn't mean anything to anybody. Yeah. So, and I also think, let me think. If we look at three weeks and compare it to the season, uh, I think it's always going to lend itself to extremes. But still, what is the, you know, we put a shade on it on the super sheet. What is the shade of the, the three games? Two greens and one dark green on offense. Okay. And you're saying that number combined would be fourth best on offense? Third, yeah. Third best, okay. And how about the defense? Defense, uh, going back to that color systems, we got one red and two whites, so two average and one bad. They'd be 21st in the league if we looked at that for the season. Okay. Now, here's where some subjectivity comes in. Thanks, Mackenzie. Here's where some subjectivity comes in. 
I believe there are certain types of teams that struggle against the Ravens, and those are undisciplined teams. Those are teams without the will. You know, that, those are two factors, different ones. I think Jacksonville, I don't know how disciplined they are, but they don't got much will right now. I agree. Right? And the Cowboys are undisciplined. The Browns are just whatever they are. They're bad on defense. So I think it's fair to say that the Ravens' offensive performance, even adjusted for strength of schedule, is good. And that's what football outsiders are telling us. I think that against a disciplined team, I would be very – I don't see anything at all – the last three games, it makes me reevaluate that the Ravens could possibly be as good as we thought they were eight weeks ago. But your ranking's pretty much where it was, right? Like, where, what was the high for the Ravens? Well, at the start of the year. Well, what was the high after you saw something? Like, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, six, or I guess eight weeks ago. Right around four to five. So you're saying right now the Ravens are as good as they were eight weeks ago, but the defense, even during this quote-unquote good run, is horrendous. And it wasn't the whole point was the defense was just as good as the offense. So how are they, how are they, like, the team, the idea, like, real quick, rattle off the next two or three teams, five, six, seven. Okay, so New Orleans is five, Tampa six, Seattle seven. And eight, nine, and ten? Rams 8, Indy 9, Tennessee 10. I'm not sure I don't like Tennessee better than Baltimore. I'm not sure I don't like Indy better. I'm not sure I don't like Tampa better. I'm not sure that Baltimore's not like 10. Hmm. I mean, I literally, how much distance is there between 4 and 10? Two and a half points. Yeah, feels about right. All right, so... um. My case, and here's the thing. This is why there's professional batting. Is if everyone agreed, the number would go there immediately. So it's good we have disagreement. I believe the Ravens' offense isn't as impressive as it seems because they've played undisciplined teams that are bad in general, but even on top of that, undisciplined. I think Browns are just bad, not necessarily undisciplined. I think that the Cowboys are undisciplined. It looked like it was just too easy. And you do bring up a good point that Baltimore is a bully. Baltimore is the type of team that you almost should have two power ratings against a good team yeah. and against a bad team. That's what you do with the Browns pretty much, right? Yeah. That, and that's where we get into the matchup. Adjust, you know, and there can be an offset. You can put a special offset for a team. Is I, you know, whatever the minority thing is, Browns playing a tough D minus two points. Yeah. You know, I think that's valid. Um you know, just like his coach, you know, you can say McVay against or Shanahan against McVay. You got to make there's all these adjustments. The power rating is supposed to get you the most common occurrence. And then you adjust from yes. there. I disagree. I don't think the Ravens are as good as they seem. Um, their opponent. Oh, Jacksonville, you did minus a point, you said? Yes. And you're speculating just to touch on it. This will be a, tomorrow we'll talk about is they're going to be motivated to, to not win at this point. Yes. Now, a person might ask what's the difference between that and where the jets were this weekend jets were on a bagel on a zero i think that's the answer. no yeah nobody wants to go 0 and 16 and be in the annals of um the, the history books so saints are number five number six tampa bay so tampa bay beat atlanta by four i downgraded tampa bay by half i upgraded atlanta by a half all right so they barely covered this is more about late scoring not mattering well, it was 17-0 Atlanta, mm -hmm. all right? 
But the, so you can also say then it was whatever, nothing after that. I didn't know if I should upgrade Atlanta. I knew I should downgrade Tampa, and here's why. So Ronald Jones is their premier back. He was out. And they couldn't run the ball at all in this game with Fournette. And because of that, I said, you know what? It looks to me like this could be an issue going forward because Ronald Jones has a broken finger and he, had to, and he has COVID. So I don't know it, when he's going to get 100% healthy, and this may be a lingering, uh, him either being out or not being 100% the rest of the year. But that isn't what you should adjust for. Is all, See, all that may be 100%. Is what you're saying is you saw Tampa Bay is currently constituted and you think they lack a running game, and thus you're reevaluating how good they are. Though in this case, it's about the absence of Jones, so it's going to go in the injury column. Yes. So how much of the how much of the downgrade is that? How much of the downgrade is the way Tampa played? It's about equal 50-50, so about a, a quarter point each. So the total downgrade was a half. A half. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Um, Atlanta, yes, continue. So I upgraded Atlanta by a half mostly because they did get out to the 17 nothing lead. And what I saw, Matt Ryan play a horrendous game against the Chargers, and he certainly played a fine game last week. So we, I'm confused. You're saying you upgraded Atlanta because they got out to a 17 nothing lead, but then you said you downgraded the Bucks because they got out to a Explain to me in general, other than that there is no rule, it's just whatever I feel based on my blood sugar kind of thing. When do points matter? When point do points don't matter? I don't, I've never understood that. Like, or the Atlanta getting, let's use this as an example. Atlanta got out to a big lead. Is that invalidated because they didn't hold the lead? I, I don't understand how that would work. Like, I think it was a certain, because you do realize just like in a poker game, it's kind of arbitrary that the game ends when it does. Mm -hmm. Right? So, Though in this case, since there was like if all that happened was just an aggregation of points, then you'd play the same in the fourth quarter. So it's not, it might be an arbitrary length of time, but it's not arbitrary that there's an assessment. It's almost like grading periods, right? In high, in high school, we had every six weeks we got a report card. Maybe I got good grades early, bad grades late, or vice versa, but in the end, it was tallied up and you got a grade. You're right. I want to retract that 17 0. I think what's more significant is Julio Jones didn't play for Atlanta in this game, and Matt Ryan has struggled throughout the year without him, and he played a fine game without him in this game. Okay, so you're saying that given the given that the standard state of Atlanta is without Julio Jones, and what you should do is probably power rate them without him and then give a plus in the circumstance or in the general circumstances column if he does play, mm -hmm. and you're saying – for the first time in their natural state without Julio Jones, they look better, and I think they're getting used to not having or whatever. Thus, I want to upgrade them intrinsically, understanding Julio Jones would be a value add, though less of a value add than they would have been last week because you think he's less valuable because they played better without him. Yes. All right, continue. All right, next team, Seattle, number seven on my list, three points better than an average team. I made no adjustment for the Seattle 20 to 15 win against Washington. Now, I think most people would say they underperformed there. I mean, Washington had the ball late, right? Yeah, so it was 20 to 3, and then Washington. So, no, or do these early points matter or not in this case? I, I never can keep it straight. Yeah. Do you see the point? 
Yeah, if I was going to make a change, why do you keep saying it? Yes. So if I, you're right. If I was going to make a change, I thought about downgrading Seattle. I think you make a mistake, a big mistake, thinking in half point increments. Hmm. I think, first off, if you look at, and I've been putting out power ratings now, or I guess last week was the first time I did it fully. I go to a hundredth of a point, which used to be a joke on the show. But here's the difference. Mine is a composite, I think is the technical term, where I'm looking at 10 different power ratings, all of them computer generated except yours. You're the only human rating. And then I'm waiting. Yours gets weighted like a lot. Others get weighted some. And then there's a calculation. It's an Excel sheet and it spits out a number. Now, I, I, I actually change the weights as the season progresses. Some things are more uh, accurate early in the year. Other approaches are more accurate late in the year. To me, it's a, you know, it's a tried and true approach. But if it's a pure calculation, you might as well just put the facts there. You also, I think it's fair to say, rounded the near. I think with you, I think you should be thinking even in tenths. Of, you know, I think tenths of a point because what would be everyone, you know, and it kind of feels connected to us saying like the line's 3.2, you know, it's a, it's somewhere between three and three and three and a half. And it's about 40% towards three and a half. So, you know, it's like minus, I don't know, on a minus 110 shop, it's gonna be like minus 118, you know, whatever. Okay. And then once you calculate the difference between the two teams, there's a chance you're going to fall right near a half. But if you don't, you can say a little bit more than three and a half. So it feels like that what's happening here is because you have a blunt instrument, half points, that you're doing a lot of things. You're, you're kind of conflating things. You're mixing them all, saying, well, he's out. That's worth maybe two tenths, but he's in. That's worth it. Uh, let's call it even. It's like I think what it's doing is it's causing undisciplined thinking Instead of saying, these are just estimates, but two tenths, three tenths, one tenth, add that up. Okay, it's two tenths. Now the other team, and I'm not saying you don't communicate more broadly. I think you think, you should think more specifically and communicate more generally. And because you want to communicate generally, which is a good thing, right? No one wants to hear someone going 6.8 because of the standard deviation, doesn't work. But I don't want that to slip into your generalizing your thinking. What do you think? I agree, because so often I'm like, well, that's not worth half a point. But directionally, Washington, I want to upgrade. Washington, like you said, was in this game at the end, and Washington has had a fundamental change in their, with their playmakers. So the book on Washington, they've got that wide receiver McLaurin. He's very good and nothing else. But just recently, Logan Thomas has become a playmaker at tight end for them. So they have another weapon, which makes Washington better. Logan Thomas, two of his last three games, he's gone for close to 100 yards in each of them. Okay, so do we want to make history here and make for the first time ever you're going to do a quarter point upgrade? Yes. So it be said, so it be done. <laughs> All right, quarter point upgrade. Continue. Okay, number eight team. Does the- Seattle get a quarter point downgrade? Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> number eight team. I'd be very curious to see 
what you think of this. The Rams. I lowered the Rams one and a half points. I raised the Jets one and a half points. The historical context of, I think you looked up biggest upset since 1995. I get it. Well, biggest upset since the last one this big. Yes. Which happened to be 1995. The fact that the Rams were in a really flat spot, I get that. Frankly, I thought I probably had the Rams when I looked at my ratings a little too high anyways. So if if I was going decimals, it would have been a downgrade of like 1.3 points, but I downgraded them one and a half. Are you doing quarter points or, or tens of points? <laughs> we talked about doing tenths and then we talked about quarters. No, I things. never talked about quarters. Right, we're going to do quarters. Well, I guess I did because I said, yeah. so it's quarters? I think that's a mistake. I think you should think about tenths. All right, minus 1.3 for both teams. Let's think about that. Is there ever a time it's going to be a tenth? That means it would take five things to move at a half point. I think people think better in tenths. Even though I think if you're mathematically inclined. Yeah. You, like whenever I see stocks trading at three-eighths or something, I hate that. And really the like the electronic markets more modern markets are all to the penny i think i think tens makes sense so now the question is is washington 20 uh 20 uh or two tens or three tens three tens <laughs> all right so you were now that's confusing you were at three tens wouldn't you have rounded up to a half a point no three when you were still on that oh i see yes yeah See, yeah. See how the specific thinking yes. is better? Yes. And how about Seattle? How much of a downgrade? Two tenths. <laughs> oh, God. I might have created a monster here. All right. <laughs> I think your Rams is one of the worst adjustments I've ever heard in my life. Why downgrade any team? Like, what? what let's define what you're trying to accomplish. You're saying this team is not what I thought they were. It's, I got more information and thus a reevaluation. Yes. What is it about the Rams that you've reevaluated? I trust Goff less. Mm -hmm. but, but, but let's be honest, you never trusted Goff. Never trusted him, trusted him So how him can less. you trust less? You can trust what? less. Than never? Yeah. How? Well, we trust, Never minus? We, we trust Ryan Finley less than we trust Goff. I mean, it's all a matter of... Well, no, you don't I, trust either of them. Yes. Right, trust is a state. Sure. Just like love. But <laughs> love is a verb. But what I'll say is I think we always knew that when the pressure was... That, that when things were not going well, when things were... What's it called when someone is uh, disoriented or discombobulated? Yes. Bobble, um, discombobulated. He, when, the, when things, you know the old saying, remember the Sopranos when he says, a man who can keep his mind when those around him are losing theirs, and the guy pulls out a gun and just shoots him. Throwing a card, robbery, <laughs> card game robber. But I think we always felt like golf was problematic when things were discombobulating. He would get discombobulated. And just surprisingly, against the Jets, it was discombobulating. And thus, once you saw that look, Michael Lombardi talks about that look on Goff's face. When he gets that look, you know it's time to bet, bet against, against him. him. Yeah. yeah. And he had that look. Yeah, and but in a way, it was 
not because the Jets were playing so well. It was because the Rams were so unprepared. And you might say, well, the fact the Rams were unprepared, we had to downgrade them. And I'm saying, really? Because I don't think in the long run McVay in preparation is the issue. Meaning that they're generally good. There was just a confluence of events that led them to be unprepared. This week, with them focused against Seattle, I think the fact they lost that game helps them. But I th- I agree. Okay. But that's more of a situational this week. Yeah, right? and I'm saying – but what you're saying is you're saying that, that, that there's one more – it's an interesting conversation I haven't heard before. Everyone plays – every quarterback plays worse with pressure. Like no one long-term plays better with people at their feet than with a clean pocket. But – for some players, like Tom Brady, after he got hurt with his knee, for a year or two, he had happy feet. He felt pressure at times he didn't really have pressure on him, right? And that's something older quarterbacks, say Carson Wentz, who isn't older, but he's taking a lot of hits. And what they say about Carson Wentz is he feels like phantom pressure, right? And he wants to get rid of that ball quick because yes. he doesn't want to take another hit or more hits. So every team, when they're flat is worse, so bad that the worst team can beat them. Every team, no matter who it is, if they're flat, can get beat in the NFL. That's one of the – any given Sunday. I just think we saw a scenario that the Rams were flat that we wouldn't expect. But in hindsight, they had just had literally their biggest win in years. I would make the case that McVeigh's entire modus operandi, his entire scheme, his entire this is what I believe offense should be in the NFL, and this is what my team will run, got invalidated, got debunked by Belichick. It's like, reevaluate, bitch. Mm-hmm. And it's taken all this time for a chance at redemption, having a surprisingly good season, and in front of the world, he beat Belichick worse than Belichick beat him. And then you're playing the worst team in five years, perhaps. Maybe we should have expected more flatness. Like, you like the Jets. That was one of your winners, right? Yes. So how do we then say the fact that they lost the game when, let's be candid, there was a point in the game that they were probably 40% to win, right? They came back. I mean, Much higher, actually. Okay. So then literally, now, how much would you have downgraded them if they would have just pulled it out? Probably a point. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, you're off in some planet. I don't understand then. Because I, cause if Kansas City would have came back, it would have been what? Nothing. No downgrade. Right? What's different? No, I would have. If they would have lost really? outright, I would have. No, no, no. I'm saying if Kansas City would come, comes back and wins a close. Like against Denver, they barely won that game. Mm-hmm. Denver's not that much better than the – I mean, it's like these are bad teams. You didn't downgrade them a point from that game, did you? No, because I you said downgraded was, them because zero. I said it was a flat spot. You're yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm asking. I know I'm right. Well, because That's why Kansas I'm City to explain it wasn't and vulnerable to lose that game. Like they they weren't in a big deficit. But situation. what about they were vulnerable to lose the second time against the Raiders? How much did you downgrade them for that? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I I think it was a half point downgrade. Well, that was I, the well, one. Then where did you upgrade them? Yeah. Because if they're the same over the last six weeks and you downgraded them once, when did you upgrade them? think when they clobbered the Jets. They didn't clobber the they, Jets. They covered, barely, yeah. They didn't cover. No, that, I think the Jets I'm did. saying during this six-game run, they oh, haven't no. covered. That's our basic right, premise. Right, the Jets was before And you're that. saying that – so I'm not talking before right. that. You're saying that you have not adjusted Kansas City throughout six – or that they are at the same point they were six games ago. 
So if you upgraded them off one game, that means you had to down, or, or if you downgraded them off one, that means you had to upgrade them one. Yep. I'll have to go back and see. Yeah, that's the standard answer. So the point I'm making is it's absurd. I don't think you downgrade the Rams at all. I think it's no, I think it was a circumstance that doesn't, what did it tell you about the team? What did it tell you about the, do you downgrade Denver for the way they played against the Saints? No. Why? Because it doesn't tell you anything about the team. It doesn't tell you anything. But what does that Rams game tell you about the team? Maybe that golf is more susceptible to be flummoxed than even we thought. And that's at a half a point. But I don't see anything else. I thought that the like we talked about that third quarter where the Jets had the two long drives against the defense. So now in the course of a season, we're going to let these drives that they really cause you to reevaluate the the Jets off, or I'm sorry, the Rams defense. When you're playing the worst team in the NFL, well, I mean, as opposed to the third worst, are we even sure the Jets are worse? They're not even worse because Jacksonville's worse. You're you're right. They're actually the third worst. Yeah, since he's worse, also. All right. So I mean. Now, listen, the Steelers game is a whole different story. I think it's a huge adjustment. Because Pittsburgh was in they a were good both, spot. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, to me, a point and a half feels very square. Um, what did you do for the Jets? Brought them up plus 1.3. 1. 1.3 1. now? Yes. No, I don't want you to magically be reverse engineered. Let's, <laughs> let's go with the half, and you can say, All but right. if I had, yeah. Yeah, if one, I I. Bumped him one and a half. Okay. So now, and, and just because I'm against the – now, the funny thing is I'm not sure that the same applies to the Jets, meaning I think you give them a lot of credit because for a bad team as bad as them to play well enough to take advantage of the flat spot meant something, hmm. right? Because this isn't a zero-sum game. Now, it is across the league in theory. You have to be set around zero or what's the, the whole premise of the ratings are off, Right. But in general, in any given game, it doesn't have, you know, in theory, when any team gets upgraded, every other team should be downgraded 131st or, or whatever of that, right? Right. So you only get, it's almost like you only got so many pieces of Halloween candy to give out. All right. But most, I don't think anyone thinks of it that way, but maybe we should. One last question. I'm just thinking in our paradigm, where do we put the fact that Jets having won a game is really demotivating at this point, right? Because if the whole reason that they were motivated was the zero, the bagel, now that the bagel is gone, doesn't their motivation plummet? Yes, because let's face it, it was six weeks to go in the season and there were lines, will the Jets lose them all? And when they finally won a game, there were two thirds favorite to lose them all. So they basically this has been this was their final six week season goal was to get a win, and they got it. Mm-hmm. So this is like a celebratory week, absolutely. And and to me that feels like the question is: is it specific to this week, or is it specific to the rest of the season? I think it's the rest of the season. season I agree. That's to me, it wouldn't go in the intrinsic platonic but it would go into the general circumstances that, that really for the next two games the general circumstances are the jets aren't that motivated yes they got their win and obviously there's been a lot of hand-wringing from jets fans about should you know how bad it was that they won absolutely continue all right number nine team indianapolis colts three points better than average team colts beat houston by seven i Downgraded Indy by 
0.2 points. I thought we said we weren't going to do that anymore until oh. tell me what you actually did and then say in upon reevaluation. Okay, no adjustment Indianapolis. I upgraded Houston by half a point. Okay. So, let's talk about why Houston a half a point. I really like the way Watson is playing. I think that despite um being short on his receivers, he has absolutely brought it, and frankly, just been rather unlucky. And he's been unlucky against Indianapolis now. Two, their the last two games, two of the last three games they played, it's remarkable. Houston has been inside the five yard line. Houston has had a turnover inside the five yard line, a fumble that has cost them the game not once but twice against Indianapolis. That's just being unlucky. So McKenzie and I have developed a system in which we take a weighted average of the fourth quarter and the theory being, hey, if Houston was in a position to be 70% to win or whatever the math is, I guess it wouldn't have been that high. We got to account for that. So McKenzie, over the course of the season, give us the Colts' general wins versus their weighted expected value wins. Give me one second to pull that up. They did have an 80% weighted win share for this past game. Let me pull that whole season up. That's interesting. So Houston would have had the 20% of a win. All right, so continue, uh, Fez, about Colts or Houston. Okay, so... So you're saying upon reflect... Oh, go ahead, finish with Houston. So Colts, I... So Houston, I upgraded them mm-hmm. half a point. Indy, I didn't want to downgrade them because fundamentally... This team has gotten better, much better on offense, and a big part of it. But, but but that's not what a weekly adjustment's for. What did you see in the game that causes you to think they're better or worse? Their rookie running back, Jonathan Taylor, continues to excel. Okay, and play now, did very you well. assume? But did this playing make you think he's better? Yes. Or is it just continue what you thought was the case? It has reaff- con- continued to affirm. But that's like saying you're going to upgrade because Tom Brady was good back five years ago, except you know Tom Brady's good. It's not. What's the new information? Well, now Jonathan Taylor has had three straight games where he's greatly so exceeded it, expectations. So is him exceeding the ex- his or expectations in this game adding to your information? Yes. All right. And thus, that means you didn't want to downgrade them a whole half a point. Right. Why? But you now you're saying upon reflection, point two downgrade? Yes. So Jonathan Taylor would cause an upgrade – so what's been the what is the cause of the downgrade that overcomes that upgrade and gives you another point two down? The defense has gotten very fortunate the last two games holding Houston to twenty points, the two games against Houston, specifically the two fumbles Houston's had inside the three yard line. Okay, but are we really talking about like the expected points there if it wasn't at the end of the game? is what, eight, nine points? But So we're talking about a nine-point delta? Over two games, yeah. Yeah, a nine... Well, first of all, it's over three games. Yeah. It's right. a nine-point delta is the downgrade, or is it cause of the fact they would have potentially lost both of those games, and thus the, the record bias is going to be a 2-0 and o by seven points each, when in truth they, you know, in theory, c- could have easily lost. Yes. Ah, Mackenzie just flashed this. This is the most important part of the podcast and here's why so let's think about what we're doing here we're saying after every play expected points added that uh nfl scrape or r whatever it's called has a win percentage chance after every play so what they do when they do expected points added is they say well how much changed in one play it's like in chess right that one move Mm -hmm. was worth a third of a pond or whatever okay 
And then what they do is they say, well, who gets credit for that? And then they split up credit. Then there's things like war and all this. Like, what do you add? Because net net, a team does a certain amount over the course of a season. A value is created or points are created. Okay. Or win percentage chance is created. The average winning team in the NFL, this includes the biggest unlikely comeback. Let's say Dallas over the Falcons. And the most dominant performance, Ravens over the different times you've bet against the Ravens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the average percentage weighted chance in the fourth quarter with our proprietary method is 83.5% chance. So the typical team's win share would be 83.5% of a win share. That's that team gains 17, you know, 0.17 win share by winning the game. Whereas the losing team loses 0.17 win share because they're getting zero wins. So usually the wins are going to be more towards the middle. Even the 13-win teams aren't going to, you know, 13-win teams usually don't lose games they should have won, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So the average is 83.5. In the Colts' first game and second game against Houston, these are the two numbers. Order doesn't matter. 83.2% weighted win share in the fourth and 81.2. So the average is right there, a little below, but right there with the average NFL team. So these, how much did they deserve to win? If you ask that question, if it's much below 83%, they got lucky. If it's much above 83, they deserve that more than a typical, you know, more than a typical win. Colts won almost exactly fairly, typically. But wait a minute, RJ. Deshaun Watson was, the team said, Hey, Fred, or the announcer said, hey, Fred, maybe they should let them score so they have some time. And I thought that's a great tidbit you had, Fez, an antidote. It's an, uh, something that, that you kind of overheard in between eating Doritos. But the math says, though in that moment, Houston was in a great spot. It's like the example of, of, of um, the Browns and saying that was a bad beat when the dude went out of bounds. Yeah, I think that's a great example where basically what's happening is that I'm cherry picking the highest probability of victory for Houston. It just happened to be on the two um, high, most highly leveraged plays with the fumbles. And the plays that are going to make the highlight real. Yes. And and then when someone who has a vague understanding of the game is going to say, geez, but but wasn't that the game Watson fumbled going into the end zone and would have tied it late? Interesting, but never mind all the other good plays that went into Houston's favor or, to or, get them into that circumstance. Or at minimum, game states. Yes. And, and I do think the idea of Chubb, the play before, when Chubb, when they were going for it there, if they would have just got the first, game the over. game was over. Yeah. So before that play, the odds of co- the Browns covering was slim. Three, right? Yeah, 2%, right? Low. Yeah. And then... There were like 20 seconds when he was running down those sides. Or not 99. even 20. There wasn't even 20. Is there was, you know, four seconds running down that sidelines that you had a great chance. Yes. And then when he went out of bounds, you had a horrible chance. So it'd chance. be easy to say, what a bad beat. I think it's been said yeah. by me, maybe. So <laughs> this is human. This isn't, it's just, can you rise above it? But I don't think it says much about the Colts. Except I think there's a chance at misperception if you just say, shit, the coach just lost those two games. Where would we be? Where would they be in the rankings? I don't think it's valid in that case. Because they were supposed to win 1.65 of these two games. I agree.
Because the math says so. That's why. And argue with that. All right, continue. All right, let's go Tennessee Titans. Mike. So net so net. I'm gonna keep Indy at zero. I, but so so we've changed back. <laughs> yes, now. I'm taking off the decimals. Not because you're stopping the decimals, but because the data. That's correct. You're reevaluating. The Colts dominated both those games in yep. theory. That's interesting. Go ahead. Number 10 team, Tennessee Titans, two and a half points better than an average team. Mackenzie, when I get in the Sports Betting Hall of Fame, you think I should have Fez introduce me? Or, or I don't think so. Just don't Michael Jordan them where you talk about how much you were better and how much you deserved it. And Oh, you know I will. <laughs> if there's anyone that's going to do that, it's me. <laughs> Continue. So I upgraded the Titans by a point, and this was kind of an epiphany. I was looking at the Titans, which are who I've had rather low all year long because they've got a really suspect defense. And you nailed it. You talked on SOV today about how much more important offense is than defense. And obviously the Titans are really this, good offense. This year it's been even more so. Yes, and I think what's happened is that I've had my ratings on the Titans saying, hey, they're top five offense, they're bottom five defense, they're, they can't be more than a little bit better than an average team. I think that's wrong. I said, I got to fix this. I upgraded Tennessee by one point. And I do think that another delineation we can make is when you make macro upgrades, I think you can say for the game itself, it was this, but I've, I, looking back the forest from the trees, I've got Tennessee too low, so I'm doing a... It's almost like paying out a dividend, right? Is... It, you know, sometimes they'll do a special cash dividend, right? They have a certain, a stock has a certain dividend. They win a lawsuit or something and they, they, they just disperse it to the ownership. Yes. I think in this case, you make a special adjustment. So how much was Tennessee's performance? Let me guess, half and half. And how much was this, the, and this big epiphany led to a half point adjustment? Yes. Okay, continue. And then Detroit, I lowered half a point. Really, I think think there might be a reevaluation of the whole extra motive. Though I would say this, Stafford last three games has played really well. So what do we got QBR wise on him, Mackenzie? Just give me an overview. What's your sense of Stafford's play? Oh, I think it's been really strong. And under but Bevel, for, for a number of games, it was really bad. Yeah, I, I think under worth I, a mention. I think the change with Patricia out and Bevel in has been a big positive for him as well. I think it has more to do with his hand was hurt. Yeah, there was that 20 nothing Carolina loss where he abs- – you're right. He absolutely – that goes into the stats, and he just wasn't able to function. Last three games, 84 average QBR. He's been excelling with Bevel as the head coach. All right, and what was the last – the what was the most recent game that was poor? Uh, most recent game that was poor was a 45 versus Houston. All right, and when – what was – and against Houston was on Thanksgiving. Yes, right. And then he was fired right after that. Okay. So you're saying, where does that rank in the league his last three games? It would be the first in the league if it was for the season. All right. So Matthew Stafford is playing better than any quarterback has played this season the last three games. Maybe worth a mention, Fez, you think? Yes. And um, the defense, DVOA, give me the color. You're looking, I, at, you're looking at ruby red for the Detroit Lions last three games. So bad, bad, and bad. Yeah. Worst was this last one. So the defense is just – take an average of the defense under Patricia and an average of the last three games. It's going to be worse, I think, post-Patricia. Yeah, much worse. So 
to 10%, which would be 29th in the league. All right, minus 10% under Patricia. Go ahead. Since then, it's been average 33%, which would be double as bad as the worst in the league. Okay, so the worst in the league is around like seven, minus 17. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. So the distance from an average defense to the way uh, a minus, uh, the distance from an average defense to the worst defense is the same distance again from the worst defense to the current Lions defense. Yes. Wow. Wow. And the Lions have gone over all three of the most recent games? I was actually a half point under with Green Bay. Well, that's, and that was what? The, set, the middle game? Yeah. Boy, I think there's some opportunity on lines over. What's the, what's the line this week? I like that they went under that game because they probably got a lot of overaction again, you know, with the Aaron Rodgers game. Yeah, no, no doubt. Thanks, Dave, for that contribution. So it's on Saturday versus the Bucks, total 54. The Bucks. Ugh. See, I think they're going to try to run the ball, though. Not if Ronald Jones isn't back. Won't they try to establish it regardless? When you get, I mean, what's the reaction to that 17-point? I'm going to have to do some reading on what the Tampa Bay hubbub is. All right, continue, Fats. Good, wor- good work, Aaron McKenzie. All right, number 11. That super sheet's pretty good, isn't it? it it's more amazing each week. Because once you do. understand how to use, I mean, because... In a way, there's parts of it I didn't, un- even though I was the architect of it. This is what was going to be in my Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> even though I was the architect of it, I didn't really under. There's, it has a platonic ideal that I didn't even understand. Sometimes a parent doesn't understand the true nature of a child. Aristotle didn't know what he was teaching Socrates, and then it just came out beautifully all across the globe. But you realize Aristotle had nothing to do with Socrates. The Plato Pla- wrote. Yeah, Plato. I- <laughs> Continue, Fed. <laughs> All right, number 11 team, Pittsburgh Steelers. Frankly, I think this is a team I did not adjust enough. I lowered them two points for the Bengal game. And the reason I only lowered them two is that I almost never make an adjustment of more than two points based upon one game. Obviously, a really good spot for the Steelers, and they came up completely empty in that game. Well, I'm going to penalize, penalize the listeners that don't listen to SOV because today's show, so this would be Tuesday, had, I think, the best analysis possible, the platonic ideal, you could say, of Steelers' analysis. And I'm not going to repeat it. So pause the pod, search for Straight Out of Vegas, subscribe, listen to Tuesday's show. And by the way, we're doing something special over there. We're doing the pre or SOV, AM. So we have the show 6 Eastern to 7 live. You can listen there. Then we get the podcast out quick. You can listen to the show in its entirety. Not many commercials in there, so it's even quicker. Okay. But then we repurpose some of the evergreen stuff, the stuff that hasn't gone stale that night. And then Fez and I are doing like 5, 10 minutes, sometimes more of bonus material. Okay. And then, and then we're putting it out like by... I don't know, 4.30 in the morning, Eastern. If you visit the chapel, oh, wait, that's a song we're doing with. But either way, and to me, let's be candid. If you're looking for picks, you're probably listening already, but who knows? But you want like 20 minutes daily from us, this is the way to get it. Straight out of Vegas, subscribe, 
and the Steeler stuff is in the Tuesday show. All right, Fez, I'm not even going to talk about it. But let me just say I think the Steelers need downgraded more than Fez thinks. Continue. Very good. Number 12 team, Cleveland. So what did you do with Cincy? Oh, I'm sorry. Cincy, I brought up one point. One point upgrade. Do you think you sold your Ryan Finley stock too soon? No, Ryan Finley stinks. You loved him last year. Yeah, the curiously, another Baltimore game I got wrong. How about that? It seems like you, like... You're chasing your tail with Baltimore in a way that's that's really destroyed. Oh, destroyed me. So maybe you should just stop batting them. You're right. No more Baltimore bets. I mean, why is that so hard? That's what I don't get. Like, I don't bet against Belichick. I was going to th- bring that up as I've done very badly fading Belichick. Well, let me think. You think? Yeah. And most- you know what? Even if you win three in a row, you got lucky. The freaking guy is 60%. We can talk about the Vikings are bad and all that. He's over 60%. At some point, people get hot. Bad poker players get hot, right? I mean, but I do want to address the Finley thing. We've actually got some tape on it. Hey, I'm Steve Fezzik. Finley's better than Andy Dalton. Not, I think he's as good, if not better, as a quarterback. But, oh, my gosh, the team's morale, morale boost. Finley. Fez. Why did you think that? Because the Bengals looked badly in need of a team that needed an emotional boost. But Finley Uh, was. How do they look since they lost Andy Dawn? They made a few playoffs with him. Yeah. You know, the talk was we hire Marvin Lewis. I hadn't heard that. I got to tell you something, looking back in hindsight, the Bengals making the playoffs at all might be one of the great coaching jobs ever. It really was. Marvin Lewis, just because he had that, that kind of vacant look on his face. I think that was the price. If he had that fierce Harbaugh look about him, he could be in the Hall of Fame right now. Bengals were good during the regular season. There's they were no always question. good. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's not easy to win playoff games. Yeah. You got to be, to win one playoff game, you got to be one of the eight best teams. Yep. Not to count, he probably had a buy or two in there. I don't know. I don't think he had a buy, but still, continue. Number 12 team, Cleveland Browns upgraded them one point based upon their shutting See, down. See, that, that seems wrong. Hmm. To me, you could have said it was, oh, okay, so you're going to say it's the defense. So you really think the defense got better. Or is it that 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 Colt McCoy was on the other side? Yeah. Well, the defense also. What do you mean? Yeah. You're, what the defense was for? fortunate that the Giants had three trips so where, into the so red where, zone. So where did the upgrade come from? Baker Mayfield. Wait a minute. So you hadn't figured out yet when they play a defense that doesn't pressure him that he can throw the ball? Like that was a well, the that Giants, was a big epiphany. The Giants are should, are pretty good defense. Really, they should really, have gotten well, pressure. Well, first of all, we didn't ask how good the defense mm-hmm. is. How much pre- what, Yeah. How much pressure did they get? Second, they got one sack, and they didn't get much pressure at all. Mackenzie, go into Pro Football Focus and look at the um, pressure rankings. You know where to look? Yeah, and I was just looking at uh, the Pro Football Reference for the season, or you just wanted the one game? Pro Football Focus. I want to know on the season where the Giants rank when it comes to generating pressure. All right, I'm on it. I, can, I I think we're going to find out not good. And and the last four games, Baker Mayfield. His What's Q, that got to do with this upgrade? 
His QBR is 89. The last I, I, four, but, four so games. it would have been right around 89 before this game. Yes. So, so what did you learn? Well, he's got one more game under his belt okay, of solid but, but performance. We, but, we, but really, Baker's always been that solid. When he doesn't play, the, the game that can cause a reevaluation is the Ravens because the Ravens have a defense that's problematic for Baker historically. He played a really good game. That feels like new information. Now, you're making a very good point. If you got something you're uncertain of, like Pittsburgh, if Pittsburgh would have won the last couple games, you know, if they would have beat Washington like we expect, if they would have lost a close game to Buffalo, and then they would have beat the Bengals like we certainly expected, mm-hmm. you could make the case that I would make the case, well, what did we learn that was new information? That's me imitating myself. And then the person would say, well, we got more fact. Well, didn't we know Pittsburgh was good? I get it. I think we're talking tense there. I think that you're right. Every new little piece of info does make us a little more certain. It does. If you are the kind of person that doubts that your wife really loves you, if it's year 17, you probably got a problem. But I totally get that in truth that another day goes by that she hasn't turned out to be totally duplicitous, actually a Russian secret agent or something. Is it does lessen the chance? It does. Duplicitous. But it's, huh? What is this? Duplicitous. Is that one word? <laughs> it, so I hear you, but I don't think a point is even in the universe of what it should do. I think there was a reason the defense played well. I think there was a reason the Baker played well. It was a, it was a continuation of a theme. I think a, I would say three tens, but continue. Mm. And I did lower the Giants a point. I thought that that was a very poor performance by them across the board. Except it kind of expected to be, right? Colt McCoy's Colt McCoy. Eh, I don't know. All right, continue. I do have a second adjustment for the Giants. I expect Daniel Jones to come back. I don't think he's going to be completely 100%. So I have that as an expected one and a half point upgrade at quarterback. And how much would it be if he was healthy? Two and a half. I don't see, I tell you this, I wonder if Colt McCoy's not better if he's hurt from what we saw, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, under that theory, they're only going to start him if they think he's better, unless it's a legacy thing, but I don't think it is. All right, continue. Arizona, my number 13 team, half point upgrade from last week. That makes them one point better than an average team. Excellent. Okay. So Murray had a big game, but. Philly had like massive injuries, Denver level injuries in the secondary. How do you balance that? Because to some degree, you could make the case that Jalen Hurts, this is the opposite of just another piece of info. It's the first game he's ever thrown well. He's only played two, but the first game he's thrown well. Is this that Hurts got so much better? Or is this that Arizona's past these that bad? I think Hertz is that much better. And how? And what? What information? What data you, do you use to assess that? You know, when I'm watching the game, obviously his rating is really good. And when I'm watching, his, what's his rating? His QBR? Yes. Okay, so QBR accounts for running. So he was good with a QBR last week, though he threw horribly. So yeah, and in this in this game he was had a QBR of sixty one. Mm-hmm. He threw for three hundred thirty eight yards. Now we're going to counting stats. Yeah. Well, we don't count counting stats, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Because under that, Alex Smith's like the fourth best quarterback. Well, we got 7.7 per pass attempt, so that's above okay. the NFL average. So I agree he had a good throwing day. What I'm saying is it's one of one, correct? Yes. And 
how do we know if it's Arizona or him? Well, we don't know that. So why could they get a one-point upgrade for literally— Half-point upgrade. A half, okay, a half-point upgrade for literally—what was the spread and what was the final? They're laying six and a half. Uh-huh. They won by seven because— Oh, they, oh, here we come. Here comes the because. Go ahead. Why? Minus three in turnovers. So the reason Arizona didn't get separation is because of those turnovers over the course and of the game. And were they, were they interceptions or were they fumbles? Uh, One pick and two fumbles. Okay. All right. So all I'm saying is when it's one of one, I I just don't – I mean, it just feels like Arizona gets a lot – you just want to think they're good. Why do you want to think they're so good? Because I think they had that three-game losing streak when clearly Murray Murray wasn't running the ball. Mm -hmm. How was his running this game? He ran the ball eight times but not all that effectively. So really, we're in the same state. If anything, it's worse when you're running for three and a half yards of carry. Like, are you helping the team or hurting the team? Well, some of those carries were in the red zone. Uh-huh. So, so he was scoring because there's a limit to how far you can run when you score touchdowns. How many were in the red zone? I'm going to have to research that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that one would be easy. First off, if it's in the red zone, you don't score a touchdown. It doesn't matter that it was in the red zone, right? Well, no. I If you're on the six-yard line, you run to the two on second down. That's a successful play. Okay, but he's averaging less than four yards a yeah. carry. Okay. So, of all his carries the last couple of weeks, we're going to somehow act like there was some run that didn't score a touchdown that, that somehow really hurt his average. You're, you're right. He has not had a good average at all for two so weeks. So, why are you upgrading them off of barely, cu- like, literally hitting a number? Because... Just the fact that the defense knows that he's running the ball makes him more effective as a passer. Really? I think, if anything, the fact he's running for three yards of carry, I think it has a lot to do with Philly was so bad in the defensive backfield because of cluster injuries, which for some reason you didn't count in the Denver game, and now you don't want to count here. But continue. Certainly is a factor. I I mean, what you're saying, this isn't court. This isn't like you're yeah. doing some, um, like I'm going to do a general indemnification at the bottom of the document. You don't believe that or you would have adjusted it or you'd make some adjustment now. So either speak, here's the beauty of it. If it's something in the future, we either bet it or shut the F up is my theory. And if it's something now, it's either change your rating or you don't believe what I'm saying. Lip service doesn't do us any good. So do you believe that you should reevaluate Arizona? If no, just say no. I say yes. Okay. Then how are you going to change your rating? I raised them half a point. What I'm saying is do we reevaluate Arizona based on today's conversation? Oh, I don't think so. All right. Continue. Okay. Number 14 team, Miami. I upgraded them half a point. They're currently an average team in my ratings. So exactly average, yes. half a point. All right, what was the rationale? Miami won by 10 against New England, but overall stats were fairly comparable between the teams. New England actually had a little bit of a um, better yards per play stat than Miami did during the course of the game. I think a little bit of a misleading final that Miami got out by 10, and that wasn't indicative of how close that game was. All right, Pats? Pats, I lowered half a point. Okay, so it's kind of two sides of the same coin. Yes, however, and I'm contemplating, and I don't know if this goes into a power rating or a motivation, probably motivation. Oh, let's, this is simple. 
is 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 about the intrinsic nature of the team? No. Is it about something in the matchup? Or is it about something that generally is true until it's not? And I think you're going to say you wonder now that they haven't made the playoffs. Yes. Are they going to be motivated? I I think, though, that's something, if it is applicable next week, it could, in theory, be applicable the week after. As we get towards the end of the season, last game, unless it's a playoff team, the whole difference between matchup and general um, offset, it's a distinction without a difference. I think that if it's true this week, there's a chance it's true next week, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it would be a general circumstance. Is they're in a situation as being um, out of the playoffs that ha- is unfamiliar to them, and that's just a motivational question mark. Yes. How would that be part of the intrinsic value of a team? It wouldn't be. All right, continue. Number 15 team, Minnesota Vikings. I downgraded them a full point, and they're now one point worse than an average team. All right. And I also, I mean, Minnesota, I've been wrong on. I mean, I've just been in Zimmer we trust. Uh, We'll hear from Maddie on it tomorrow, I'm sure. Bears is going to be interesting to hear. Um, I'm guessing also with Minnesota, there's there's going to be a motivational question for next week. Exactly. Really for both teams, because now the Bears have a better chance to make the playoffs. How are the Bears having a motivational issue? You're saying they're a motivational edge. Yes. Yes. So so we're talking about one at a time here. Minnesota, motivational question. Minnesota knows they're not making the playoffs now. And that is going to be a significant problem, I think, for this is a team that, you know, started the one and five and absolutely had um, every motivation in the world to be able to make the playoffs. And now that's dead. I agree. If they would have been on the fringe of the play, like the Dallas Cowboys are still not eliminated. They've been on the fringe. When they get eliminated, I think it's going to be, of course, we've been eliminated effectively. Here, Minnesota was in control of their own destiny. You know, so then they had the field goal misses. Then they get be here. I think it's a real letdown spot. All right, let's look at the Bears. What did you do with that? So I raised the Bears a point. And the reason I raised them that much, because they were motivated already, so they haven't had a motivational change. Trubisky. Well, how much did you upgrade the Bears for the for the play in the game? Half a point. Jesus Christ. So you upgraded the Browns more than the Bears. You learned more about the Browns than you learned about the Bears. That, to me, is incomprehensible. Explain that to me. Well, it was basically an evenly played game that came down to the end. And the- but when you're a three-point dog and you win – on the road, when the line opened six, so, I mean, the three was, you could say, a rational exuberance mm-hmm. bringing it down. And then to win the game outright, that feels about as good as you can do. You're supposed to somehow win that game by 30. I guess I'm thinking more of it. it I didn't think about the six being, you know. Yeah, the, I'm not even sure that matters. You could say the smart line's the last line. Mm-hmm. Right. But what I'm saying is they won in division when both teams were max motivated. And... I bet Chicago had the lower power rating, right? Yes. So you beat a team better than you on the road with your playoff life at stake. And you play against a backup quarterback from a bad team. And that's doubly as impressive with the Browns. doesn't make any sense. It's like, how does this pass any review? Well, I'm looking at the, if you look at the margin against the spread, you know. It doesn't matter because it was a different type of game. The Giants. I don't think the margin against the spread doesn't matter. In this game, the Giants didn't compete. They literally just gave up. Like, it wasn't a game. They didn't have – they had a backup quarterback. They, they could – at a certain point, they said, this game's over. Right? Did you see them clawing back? Did you see them trying everything? They no, could? not at all. 
But Minnesota, how did they go down easy? No, they went down firing. Yeah, it wasn't decided until the final two. Plus, months. but but there were. I mean, what I'm saying is, it was a war. It was and, a war, and Chicago wins it. The other one was a laydown. You're you're right. You're right. So this is a better judge with both teams. Max, a, this is like a playoff game. Absolutely, and and Trubisky is treating this like his own personal playoffs, running the ball eight times, much more than he's run all year long. So I think that's a clear buy sign for the Bears that. We know this about Trubisky. He's a much more effective quarterback when he's willing to use his legs. And for whatever reason, he hasn't done so all year long. He hasn't had more than four carries all year. He had eight in this game. All right, so all year, his max carries were four. He had eight in this game. Another sign that this is a super, it was a competitive game. It was a high leverage game. It's funny is that if we were talking about Brown's fatigue, you would say, well, that Giants game was hardly fatiguing at all. But right or wrong, that would be a story you tell about game intensity. Yes. But so how could that game be doubly as telling? That's what I don't understand. This isn't. This isn't about. Yeah, McKenzie's making an interesting point on the board. The Bears were plus nine ATS, and the Browns were plus seven and a half ATS. So even under that theory. All right. Fair enough. Yes. Are you going to make a change to the Browns? You know, I look at the Browns' power rating, where they're at now, and they're only—I only have one and a half better than an average team, and that seems—it seems like but I don't see, want to. That's lower a different that. adjustment, yeah. though. So what you should say is, I'm doing a—I'm going back, and that game adjustment's going to be a half, and then I'm doing a macro adjustment. You're right. Half. You're now, right. People yes. might be laughing right now, and they should be, but getting that protocol right is going to help you think You're right. right. You're right. It, all of this blending is the biggest bullshit I've ever seen in my life, to be honest. Well, not the biggest. I've seen some bullshit. But I think that once you get disciplined with this, it's going to be like you think about these things pretty well. You want two super contests for a reason. It's just is this repeatable? We got to find a way. And it's not even that, Steve. In a way, people say, RJ, Steve's such a good capper. You're hard on him. And what I say is this. Him being able to cap isn't what I'm helping him with. I'm helping him with being able to communicate to you his wisdom. He has a lot of wisdom to communicate. It's just he's got this way of doing it in his head that he doesn't explain very well. It all blends together. He's like Rain Man with that stuff. And that's why his in-game betting is, is, is so good is because you don't have time to have protocols and say, you just got to kind of blend an instant blink type thinking and you're great at that. Can we take that and codify it? That, and the beauty is it will help you even speed chess. If you're thinking about it in certain methodologies and frameworks, it helps you even if you have a quick mind. Um. So we talked the Vikings. We talked bear. So you said by we started slipping into like loose, you know, very um, subjective talk. By sign, I don't know what that means. So by sign is going to be the power rating, right? So are you making a macro adjustment to the Bears that means a buy sign? Because you, you're saying there's more of a buy sign for Cleveland than there is for the Bears because you only went about. And there should be more a buy sign for the Bears. So explain to me the buy sign for the Bears. I expect that Trubisky is going to be running much more than he has during the course of the season because his success doing so against Minnesota, I think, continues with the Bears having playoff aspirations. Do you think there's anything maybe personally involved in this? 
Yes, because here's a guy that got um, lost his job, and now he's playing for a contract. So he has every incentive to um, have the Bears succeed, and then the clearly he's going to be viewed as the primary reason that the Bears made the playoffs. Everybody that has stock selling Trubisky short, or actually the opposite of having stock selling short, is trying to explain all this away. And I don't give a holy heck if he is good next year. I don't give a holy heck if he gets re-signed. I hope it's interesting. That's all I want. But now, anyone who's diminishing that the team itself is reacting to Trubisky and that Trubisky is becoming success, breeding success, a self-fulfilling prophecy, is blind. If anyone's telling you this means nothing, they know so little, or at least they're so flawed in their thinking, I don't think you can trust a word they say. Continue. Number 18 team, San Francisco. How many teams we got left? We got uh, four more teams. Two more games. Two more games. Continue. Number 18 team, San Francisco 49ers. I lowered them half a point, and they're minus two versus an average team. Mm-hmm. Now, it seems like more than half a point's warranted. Well, they lost by eight. They suck. They actually they don't. Suck. The Cowboys are supposed to get shredded by them because the cow, it's the same thing the Ravens game against Dallas is against Shanahan's defense. You got to be familiar or offense. You got to be familiar with it and you got to be disciplined with your gaps. And McKenzie, correct? You're right. And how's Dallas's discipline? Bad. And somehow they could, they were fine. They weren't fine. San Francisco actually did shred them. San Fran went for 458 really? yards, but they were minus four in turnovers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe. Then, then why, why are you throwing the ball? If you're shredding them that much, why are you putting it in Nick Foles' hands? I tell you this, I might have an early bird best bat, and I mean like take off the rubber band. Mackenzie, do me a favor. Um, I want you for tomorrow for the show – SOV again. I'd like you to give me like a deep, like page and a half, 700 words on um, what exactly the 49ers are doing logistically. Because my understanding is Shanahan said, and I'm not asking for inside info. I'm saying Shanahan said that my, you know, my team's not staying away for Christmas. So is it true that they're going from Arizona to Dallas back to San Francisco? What is happening before the game this week? My understanding is they're going back to San Francisco, and then they're going to go to Arizona to play. I I think it's a disaster waiting to happen. And it's against Arizona in which, remember now, that Arizona-San Francisco matchup is the kind of scheme matchup that Arizona last year had two shockingly good offensive games mm, against that's a them. a great point. And then this year, they had a shockingly good game early in the year. So this could be like the bet of the century. Might want to bet it before I talk about it, but you on that, McKenzie? Yeah, so I'll double, I'll double back, but I've read that they are actually staying in Arizona. All right, so I want to get the exact details of that. Gotcha. All right. Um, continue. Number 23 team. The Chargers. All right, well, so hold on. What did you do with Dallas? Oh, I'm sorry. Dallas, no adjustment. Win the game by eight, but uh, got s- smashed in the statistics. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Continue. Number 23 team, the Chargers, 
So the Chargers beat Vegas in overtime. That looks like it's worthy of an upgrade. Why am I not upgrading them? Because in the very first drive, Mariota had to go ahead and take over for Carr. Now, the spread on this game was three. I had a th- Mariota being a three-point downgrade versus Carr. What did the market do? Three-point adjustment. Really? Just instantly was exactly your adjustment? Yes. I'm skeptical. Because he went I'm da- skeptical. He went down in his first drive. Mm-hmm. And the line was two and a half, and it moved, and it moved to it closed four and a half during that but period. Part of, of time. that's going to be that they changed possession, right? Or what, I mean, I no, guess. it was after the field goal. It was seven three. The Chargers were ahead, and the Raiders, the Chargers were minus two and a half, and they became a minus four and a half by the time that they uh, came back. And it wasn't certain. Two and a half to four and a half. How many points is that? Two points. So why did you say three point adjustment? Because you're through the the three, so I counted more. <laughs> And it wasn't certain Carr was going to be out the rest of the game. It looked he looked bad though. It looked likely he was going to be out. Okay. And how did he play? Mariota played great though. So what I'm saying is the the Chargers played against a quarterback comparable to if they would have played against Carr. So how do you invalidate the win? Because I look at in, at the end of regulation, it was twenty four twenty four. Yeah. So and the Chargers a dog. So the Chargers it, pre, the expectation was Chargers were going to get twenty five points. Vegas was going to get 28, and I just didn't see the Chargers having exceeded expectation. They won the game. They won the game. What do you see? How you're abstracting yourself into oblivion? To look at that game and say the Chargers don't deserve credit is shows that you. I think it invalidates everything you say. It, it's the same kind of thing. How can't they deserve credit? It was one of the most exciting games of the year. They they fought back over what has been the Chargers' main problem? Losing Lose close, close games. So how can be winning a close game not matter? The same idiots that said the Chargers are going to always make the playoffs every freaking year and every year. That, at what point are you going to learn one thing from me, Steve? That there's something about winning we don't fully understand. And that when a team wins, we got to give them some credit regardless of what we think the rationale was. And if anything, just psychologically, wherever you want to put this in our methodology that we're developing, don't you think that there's a chance that Anthony Lynn might keep his job now? There's a chance. A real chance? Yes. And you don't think that the team morale has gone up? If Anthony Lynn is such a nice guy, I'm guessing there's – because they say he is. I'm guessing there's people in that room that or in that facility that would want him to keep his job, right? Yes. So – isn't this almost analogous to Chicago, but without the playoffs? Yes. And I get the playoffs raises it to even bigger. I mean, my God. I'm guessing you had a huge downgrade for the Raiders, right? I had two downgrades for the yeah. Raiders. Yeah. But how can yeah. that be? And none continue. All right. Well the, the Raiders. well, the Raiders, I took down half a point because now they're, they have no chance for the playoffs anymore. All right, so that has nothing to do with their intrinsic rating. Go ahead. And then I obviously with the quarterback, I made a two-point adjustment for Mariota the rest of the year. Even though Mariota played the way he did. Yes, because I had the difference between the quarterbacks being three and a half, and I softened it to two points. I thought you said it was three. Did I say three? I meant yeah. the market moved three points. I had a well, three and a half. the market moved two. Yes, the market moved two. <laughs> Four, six, eight, 12, 14, Shmio, The market Shmazo. moved two points through the three. Yes, through the three. And you, and the funny thing is if you had had it at two, you would have said two. You wouldn't have adjusted for the three. But then because you had it at three, you are now saying, but the the friction through three makes it really the two, three. But I actually had three and a half. <laughs> Let's start all over again. 
Let's not. All right. <laughs> I was going to have us walk you through. What, I actually am just curious at this. What did you have, Mary, uh, uh, the downgrade from car to be worth? Three and a half. Okay. And the market adjusted it two, but you're saying because three is worth more, you're going to call it three. Okay. Yes. But it, was, it never adjusted three and a half. It did not. So now what kind of adjustment have you made from the really good game that Mariota played? I upgraded Mariota one and a half points. Okay. Now, in a way, this is the Jalen Hurts situation. We don't know if it was the Chargers being so bad on D, right? If you have one of one. And I think that's a fair question. But to some degree, there's got to be some chance greater than zero and, and probably at least 50% that this would... I guess it's, are we grading this? Are you, how much of your upgrade is about the stats and how much of your upgrade is about what you, you saw? Because to some degree, the pro football focus type grading is important because they're going to account for how good the other team is. You know, I think to some degree, and I've been paying attention to PFF, like triple as close this year. Because what I'm realizing is everyone's using the numbers. And... I think that's become almost parody that if the market's moving on those numbers and if it's just EPA or whatever, I'm not sure you're getting any edge, but it's when the actual truth of the play is different than the stats. Like we've always thought it's when the scoreboard is different than the truth. That's where the opportunity is. I think those opportunities are getting smaller and smaller. Agreed. People don't care about the scoreboard. At they, least the people moving markets That's don't right. Care. They, they do care about the stats. And I think it's when the stats are deceiving. Maybe this is the best part of the pod. It's when the stats are deceiving. And I think the only way to assess that is either watch the tape, and I mean like a pro, or something like Pro Football Focus. And quite frankly, I think there's one of those. So I wonder how Mariotta, Mariota gets assessed here. I think we close, though, with you going back with the Chargers and really either doubling down that one of the most exciting wins on a, what, a five-win team against a team that was playing for the playoffs on the road, a place with a same— I'm going to recant. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adjust the Chargers by half. Oh, there you you're go. so generous. And are you given any— general circumstance adjustment for the fact that they're probably gaining momentum and motivation? You know what? You make a strong case that maybe I should adjust another half for the motivation issue. And certainly the fact it wasn't about the Chargers playing bad defense against Mariota. He, what's the book on Mariota? He always looks like he's injured when he's running. And the fact he hasn't played all year, he looks so healthy and so fast, frankly. And we talk about you know judging the stats, RJ. There was one run in particular he absolutely would have 40 more yards running for a touchdown if not for one bad block by Waller because he was gone and he caught a bad block against the bad the, the last defender in the way of the goal line. That is Steve Fezzik in a nutshell. He finally sees something and then he talks for two minutes about something meaningless. But at least he changed the rating. Talk to you tomorrow.